save their souls. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Mark chapter number 6 this evening. The book of Mark chapter number 6. I want to begin to read a familiar text, one you're very, very, very used to hearing, I'm certain. And I want to look in verses 45 through 52. And from this text, I want to preach on this thought, surrounded by the storm, surrounded by the storm. Verse 45 says, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before under Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. But they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God by the help of the Spirit of God. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, that you'd cleanse us of sin, you'd empty us of self, you'd fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit tonight and help us to preach what thus saith the Lord. God, we pray that you'd give us a boldness to stand and I pray, God, you'd help us tonight to have hearing ears to understand and to make application. Lord, we need your touch. Bless us, Father, we pray as only you can. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Preaching on surrounded by the storm. There's absolutely no way that each and every one of us are going to go through this life without one time or another getting in a storm. No believer is exempt from the storms of life. There are storms that's coming against us from everywhere of every kind and every sort. There are financial thunderstorms. There are family tempests. There are marital monsoons. Uh, there are relational squalls. There are health twisters. There's the invasion of death into our families and our home. Needless to say tonight, for us to get through the storm, we need the Savior. And you're going to find when you read this text tonight that there's only one true Savior who's able to rescue his disciples. And that one is the Lord Jesus Christ. I read it to you tonight. Man's feeble efforts could not save himself. His good works could not save him. A head knowledge of Jesus didn't save him in the storm. Swimming lessons didn't save him. Having a good boat didn't save him. Good works didn't deliver them. I'm just saying tonight, we cannot save ourselves. You can take a course in meteorology and, and work for the weather center and the weather channel, but that didn't save them. Their strong arms working out every day 
Well, that's good. Didn't save them. That storm was too fierce. The waves were too strong. The shore was too far away. There's only one that's able to walk on the sea and come to the rescue of his disciples and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. He's the only one that can calm the storm. He's the only one that can rescue. He's the only one that can deliver. He is the Lord over the storms. And it may be tonight that you felt like you've been surrounded by the storm. It may be tonight that you feel like this is the perfect storm. This is against me and this is all these elements and all these things going on tonight. When we look at this text, I want to see three things. Number one, I want us to see the predicament of the sailors. The predicament of the sailors. The Bible says again in verse 45, straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side. What has just happened? You remember the story. The multitudes have come to the desert place in the wilderness. They didn't have anything to eat there. First Jesus taught them, probably taught them truth all day long. Finally the disciples said, send them away. Jesus said, give ye them to eat. The disciples took a straw pole and they came back with five loaves and two fishes. And they brought that to Jesus and said, What is this amongst so many? But the Lord Jesus was thankful and he blessed it and he broke it and it fed 5,000 men, not to mention the women and the children. And a mighty miracle had taken place right there and then. I'm telling you, mark it down. Right there and then, there is a movement to make Jesus king. And Jesus said, you disciples, you wanted to send away the multitude, I'm going to send you away. <laughs> and he puts them on a ship. The word constrain means he made them to go. He forced them. None of us want to go through a storm. He makes us. He constrains us. He, he, I want to say it like this. This is a good word. He appoints us to go through a time of a storm. They say, Preacher Darren, I don't know if that's true. While they got on the ship to leave, he dismissed all the huge crowds that were around him. Hold your place here and turn with me to look in a parallel passage in the book of John chapter 6. Let's hear John's description of this situation. Just a verse or two here. John 6, let's look at verse 15. Right after the miracle, you can read the text just above it, how that he fed the 5,000, they took up 12 baskets full. And verse number 15, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king, do you see that? To make him king. There was a movement to make him king. He's dismissed his disciples and he departed again into a mountain himself alone. John gives us a little further description of what's going on. May I say tonight, what is the predicament the disciples find themselves in? They're being sent away. And I want us to notice tonight, going back to our text in Mark chapter 6, verse 46, when he had sent them away, Jesus departed into a mountain to pray. 
Jesus knew exactly what these disciples needed. If he allows them to make him king, the disciples see that we'll have power, we'll have prestige, we'll be popular. And Jesus said it's better. Y'all can handle going through a storm better than you can handle success. And so he sends them knowing they're going to go into the storm and he stops this movement to make him king. That is the predicament we see the disciples in. Second of all, we see the preeminence of our Savior. In verse 46, he departed into a mountain to pray. Two things here. First thing that strikes me is he's absent from them. Jesus has withdrawn himself from the crowds. Jesus has withdrawn himself from his very own disciples. And he goes up into the mountain alone to pray and to seek God the Father's face. He goes there to commune with the Father. He goes there to fellowship with the Father. He goes there to draw strength from the Father. He also goes there to intercede on the behalf of his disciples. He knows the storm that they're going in. He is absent from them. Preacher Darren, he's not absent from Oh yes, the Bible says very clearly, he was alone. You see that? Verse number 47, when the even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. By the statement that the ship is in the midst of the sea, means that lake is about six and a half miles wide, maybe eight and a half miles or nine miles long. That ship is right in the middle. John's gospel tells us how many furlongs. I measured it out. It would be right in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They were the most vulnerable, the most at risk in this situation because they're just as far from the shore to get there as they are where they left. They're in a risky situation. And it looks as if no human eye is upon them. Jesus is alone back on the land. Not only is he absent from them, but he is attentive to them. The Bible says in verse 47, when the even was come. That means it's 6 p.m. in the evening. And Jesus goes alone to pray on the mountain. And the disciples, the 12 of them, are sailing and now in the midst of the sea. Interesting enough to me, in verse number 48, and he saw them toiling in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them. Now there's a great distance of time if you're in a storm between 6 p.m. when he's alone and you're in the midst of the sea and the fourth watch of the night. The first watch is from 6 to 9 p.m. The second watch is from 9 p.m. to 12. The third watch is from midnight till 3 a.m. This says the fourth watch of the night. Somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, when it's darkest outside, that's when Jesus finally comes to their situation and arrives to rescue them. So that means if the storm started, began to squall up at 6, 7, or 8 o'clock in the afternoon, in the early evening, that there's some time that they think, you know what, the storm's brewing, but we're okay. 
We've been in a storm before. The last time, Jesus was asleep in the hinder part of our boat. We woke him up. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And man, he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And I'm telling you, I've watched the Weather Channel. We'll just get up and say to this hurricane, this tornado, demon be gone. But it didn't work because their faith was not in their training, amen. Their, their faith should have been in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here they are in the middle of this storm. May I just say that Jesus, now I'm going to say this, he's absent from them, but he is attentive to them. He knows where they are. When they are furthest away from the shore in the middle of the sea, his eye is looking. Man, that just run all over me. How many times in my life have I been at the most at risk and the most vulnerable that I've ever been? And the entire time, me thinking, man, I'm not going to make it now. What on earth am I going to do? I've gone as far as I can go. And the Lord was watching over me the entire time. I have... Oh, God, help us tonight. How it helps my heart tonight to know that he's watching over us, young. You think you're in this struggle. You, you think you're in this storm. You, you think this tempest that's come against you is going to bring you down. <laughs> and find out, amen, he's watching over you the whole entire time. Well, preacher, Dad, if he's really watching, why didn't he come to my rescue at 6 or 7 o'clock? Why did he even let me go through the storm? Oh, he's attesting your faith. <laughs> he's letting you see what you're made of. Amen. He's going to show you and reveal to you your very own weaknesses. Oh, I go back to the first point, the predicament of the sailors. They are sent away and now the predicament of the sailor is they are in a sudden storm. And man, they don't know what they're going to do. And don't you like it, amen, when you're in the middle of a storm and you get to praying, oh Lord, help us, Jesus, what are we going to do? And finally the answer comes right when you least expected it. Well, I just got one of those today, amen. <laughs> and I praise him for it, amen. How good our God is, amen. I see the preeminence of the Savior. He is always attentive to our problems. No matter how absent we may think He is, you may feel like you're alone, but honey, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He's watching over me, and He's watching over you. Amen. So number one, the predicament of the sailors. Number two, I could spend all day there on the preeminence of the Savior. We must move on thirdly, and I'll be done. I see his predominance over the storm. Again, in verse 48, he saw them toiling and rowing. He is watching over them. He, he, he knows that the Bible says the wind was contrary to them. May I say this tonight? You tonight are in a storm, in a struggle. I remember when I used to work a public job and I would have to work at night 
10 o'clock at night until 8 o'clock in the morning. I was working what they call the night shift. It wasn't the most desirable choice to make. I kind of got appointed to that situation. I kept signing jobs to get on days because I didn't want to work nights. There were shadows at nighttime. Things were moving that ought not to be moving, and I was a scaredy cat. A lot of times you'd be in this big old factory, and you'd say, I want you to go over there to the such and such sander and pick up. Oh, Lord, and things are moving, and there's things are popping and cracking over there. And I'm just telling you, amen, in the nighttime is the time that a man ought not to be working. You ought to work when there's daytime, when there's daylight. These men are in a, in a storm in this boat, and to make matters worse, it's nighttime. It's dark. They didn't sign up for this storm. They didn't sign up for this night shift situation. But God has appointed to them, and now a storm surrounds them in the middle of their night shift. It is a sudden, unexpected storm that threatens their existence. The Bible says there are contrary winds. They're hostile. They're adverse. They're opposing them. Matthew's gospel says that there's a crashing of the waves. They're raging, beating into the boat. The waves are tossing them, and the sea was angry. There are captive workers here. The Bible says they are toiling and rowing. I read, listen, I looked up how many storm situations there are in the Bible. Nobody ever made it to shore by rowing. Nobody ever made to shore in their own effort. We're not going to make it to heaven because of something we've done. It's going to be all because of what Jesus has done, amen. And if you're going to make it through the storm you're in right now, it's not going to be of your ability and of your strength, amen. And may I say tonight, these all start with a W, he's watching over you tonight, amen. They're tortured by the wind, tortured by the waves, and Jesus sees what men cannot see. And Jesus knows what men do not know. May I go a little further and try to stretch and say that I believe he's also not just watching them. I believe he's waiting on them. I believe he saw that he knew already. I believe he saw them when he went up to the mountain to pray in the evening. He saw them out on that lake, out on that sea. He saw them sailing. He saw the storm surrounding them. As he was up there praying. Have you ever, listen, have you ever seen such a storm that you couldn't even see? Where you've had to pull your car off the side of the road? I stood over here one day loading kids into the car. And I'm telling you, not only did I lose the side of the mountains over here, I lost the side of this church building. I got a whole message standing over there when you lose sight of what God's doing. Man, we couldn't hardly see a thing. Our parents were lined up. I thought, Lord, this is a terrible time to pick up your children. What a terrible storm we're in, amen. Let me just tell you, Jesus sees when you can't see. He knows, hallelujah, what you don't know. And may I just say tonight that if he saw that at 6 o'clock and he comes to them on the fourth watch of the night at 3 a.m., that tells me he was waiting. Preacher, I don't like it when he's waiting. Well, turn with me to the book of John, chapter number 11. John, chapter number 11. Verse 3 says that, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. 
Verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still. He knew that his friend that he loved was sick. And you and I would have went rushing and dropped what we were doing to get to his side. And we couldn't do anything about it but pray that Jesus could heal him. And Jesus waited. Preacher, I don't know if I like that or not. Look in verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe. Lazarus is dead and I'm glad <laughs> that you weren't there to the intent that you may believe. You know what, you know what Jesus did? He waited. Preacher, why did he wait? Because he's God. His timetable and his time schedule is not our time schedule. He has his own time schedule, amen. And he's waiting there for Lazarus. And when he's four days late, he's still on time. Listen, it would have been great if the Lord would have come and healed him. What a miracle it would have been. But is it not a greater miracle that he called him out of the grave? Aren't you glad that you see God bigger because he waited, amen? And now here they are in the storm, and he could have rescued them from the storm. He could have delivered them and not sent them to start with. But they saw him a whole lot bigger when he comes walking on the water. <laughs> hey, man, he's waiting, amen. Then I gave away my next one. He's walking. <laughs> Verse 48 says, about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea. Woo! And the Bible says, and would have passed them by. Hey, glory to God. Ain't that a blessing, amen? Now I know Matthew's gospel goes on to tell us about Simon Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And he said, come, and he stepped out of the boat, amen. And he began to walk, steps on the water, amen. And everybody back there in the boat, they was like going, look at him. He's never going to make it. He don't realize what he's doing. Surely he heard that. His buddies in the background, you know, how, you know what encouragers we are? So some people's idea of encouragement is to give a drink of water to a drowning man. Amen. I'm just trying to help him. What? Help him kill him quicker. Amen. And I think he heard that he saw the wind boisterous and the lightning striking and the thunder rolling. And he got his eyes off Jesus and he went down and he began to sink and he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord lifted him up. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the water walker. Amen. Hallelujah to God. He came unhindered to them by the force of the winds. The winds, listen, the winds were adverse and opposing to them selling that vessel. They could not go forward anymore with such opposition. But the wind didn't stop Jesus. The waves were beating against them and crashing and tossing and turning them. And you know what it's like in this life to spend weeks and months and not making any progress. But Jesus come walking up on the billows as they were rolling. And the Bible says that it was just like he was going to pass them by. Preacher Darren, why is he going to pass them by? He wants them to invite him in. How many times has he come passing 
by the Bethel Baptist Church, by your row. As, oh, I feel preaching storm working in me. Passing you by, amen. And he was just going to pass you by. And you thought, well, it's me. He ought to stop for a while. Honey, he's waiting on you to invite him to say, hey, help me, Jesus. Stop. Spend a moment with me. Save me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord, from this storm. He's waiting on you to ask him. Amen. Amen. He was walking on the water, and he would have passed him by. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Not only is he absent from them, and not, this is this outline's just developing, and not only is he attentive to what they're going through, amen, and not only are they appointed to, go to, 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 to deal with what they're going through, but the Bible says right here that he would have totally passed them by, but he's accessible. All they have to do is call on him. All they have to do is call on him, amen. Now look, what they, look, look with me. Look what they did when they saw him walking on the water. They, verse 49, when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and they cried out. They, I looked up the word. It's the word for phantom. They thought it was a ghost. Have y'all ever been camping? I was so tempted at the camp out the other night. All them lovely young couples that was staying out here, I was so tempted to come back and scare y'all deaf. I marked where the very tents were. If, I'm telling you what saved y'all was Charlotte Engel and Adeline. If, if they had not been there, I would have let y'all had it, amen. And the Bible says in the middle, they're already terrified. They're already afraid, amen, of the storm. And here comes Jesus. They had never seen anything like it. And runs to them and say, watch Jesus, praise God, hallelujah. They did what you do. They jumped to conclusions. Y'all ever do that? And what they thought was true was not. It's a spirit, it's a ghost, I've, I've heard about this. Can you just hear Thomas? Old doubt Thomas, oh, I told you boys this wasn't going to be good. Boys, you better take cover. Get down underneath some of these sails over here. I'm just telling you, sometimes when the Lord shows up and you're least expecting it, it'll scare you absolutely to death. They said it's a phantom. It's a spirit. It is a ghost, amen. That's when Simon Peter spoke up. Mark doesn't deal with that, amen. But I want you to know right here tonight, that you and I are still able to cry out. They cried out in fear and in terror and call on the Lord. That's what they did. He would have passed them by, but they cried out. I don't know what they said exactly, but they cried out of fear. Now, I don't know about you, but I've cried out to God in fear. God, I'm so afraid. I don't know where this is taking me. Lord, I don't know how long I'm going to last. Lord, I... Please make it stop. Have you ever been there? I work the night shift sometime. One time I worked the night shift at another place called the grocery store. We stocked the shelves at 10, 10 p.m. the store closed. And uh, everybody would mop and clean up, you know, and do their little thing. But then a stock crew, which I was in charge of, rolled in to stock the shelves. Dog food on the dog food aisle. 
paper towels on the paper towel. And there, man, we had a goat rodeo of a mess in there. Stuff everywhere. And we're stocking. And I heard a knock at the front door. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. Who knocks on the front glass doors of a store that's closed? In the middle of July, a man was standing there with a trench coat. And his other buddy was standing just out in the parking lot. I'm the grocery store manager. I'm afraid. Why is somebody knocking on the door at 2 o'clock in the morning? Maybe it'll happen to you tonight if you look at me and think, I'm not a bit scared. I, you go on down there and see if you don't take your buddy Smith and Wesson to the front door, amen. When I was working, amen, I didn't have no Smith and Wesson. I went walking up there, and when I said, I said, hey, man, can I help you? He said, I need change for the drink machine. I said, dude, we're closed. He said, I can see that if you open the door. I just need four quarters change for a drink machine. I said, go to the grocery store. There's one open 24 hours, just a half mile down the road. He said, why can't you open the doors? And about that time, his buddy, the trench coat, pulled open a 22 rifle and started firing. Yes, started firing. You don't know about fear until you've been shot at. And started ping, 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 hitting those glass doors. What would you do, preacher Aaron? I hit the floor. And I'll be honest, the first thing I did wasn't pray. I crawled through the registers and around the corner. Three bullet holes. And they did not completely shatter the glass so they could get in. He just made these big hole looking things and the glass separated. They started beating, trying to get in. It still didn't work. They jumped in their car and they left before we could identify them. This was in the days before they had cameras out in the parking lot to see what people were doing. And this is why they probably put them in, amen, because I was scared out of my wits. And all my buddies that worked for me said, man, what in the world? I said, boys, we're under attack. It's North Korea. It's Iran. It's China. Get down, boys. We all going to die tonight. And they all hit the deck. They all on board that ship. When Jesus came walking on the top of the water to them with such joy, they were all, oh, we're going to die. It's over for us. It's truth, amen. They're shocked. Oh, listen, what's their predicament? Not only have they been sent away, not only have, not only have these boys uh, gone, through being, uh, gone through all these other struggles, being sent away, being in a sudden storm, but now they're shocked. They're surprised. May I say it like this? Here's a good word. They're scared. Somebody not you scared. God knows you you just scared, amen. Now, look with me. Let's go on. The Bible says, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them. So, so here's another W word. It is his words. Words. What, what are his words? He talked with them immediately. You know what he said to them? When they he would have passed them by, when they cried out to him, he stopped. He looked at him and he said, be of good cheer. Well, preacher dear, I just hate people like that. Why can't they get in the storm with me and, and realize my struggle and my fear? And be of good cheer. It means be of good courage. It is I. In other words, I'm here. You know what Jesus is? You know what Jesus is? He's the head of the church. You heard about going under, but the head ain't going under. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, it is I. Be 
not afraid. Woo! Jesus right there is speaking peace to their troubled souls. Hallelujah. Now, verse 51. And he went up unto them into the ship. And the wind ceased. So in other words, while he's out there walking, the storm's still on. While he's out there walking, the waves are still crashing. The wind is still contrary while he's out there. But the minute he walks in the boat with them, the wind went whoop. Peace speaker. Storm chaser. <laughs> Conqueror. Victor. My savior. My helper. My deliverer. Oh, what a savior he is tonight. Amen. That is, oh, here's another predicament. They have the Savior. Oh, they have safety with the Savior. Amen. He's got on the boat with them. Amen. And the wind ceased. And the Bible says they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. It didn't say worried. They wondered. They're finding something out that it is safer to be in the storm with Jesus than it is to be on the shore in a place of what you thought was safety, amen. Well, preacher, they didn't exactly have Jesus on their boat. Yes, but his eye was looking. Lord, you helping me tonight, amen, I'm just telling you. I don't know what it is, but every time I say it, his eyes on them. He's looking over them. He's looking out for them, amen. Though we go through the storm, though we go through the problem, amen, he's looking out for you, amen. I'm telling you tonight, you know why you've got to where you are? Because God's been looking out for you, amen. And I've got good news. If you've made it this far, honey, he's going to make sure you make it the rest of the way. <laughs> amen. He's, well, preacher, what's our W word? He's working. <laughs> He's working. He, my friend, will give you victory in the middle of your storm. He will give you peace in the middle of the circumstances, in the middle of the problem. He alone can give you peace. Look with me now, verse 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Preacher, what, what is this? They just remember... They were so caught up in feeding the crowd and so sure in Jesus' ability to meet the needs of all those people. They were ready to make him king. How many baskets of fragments did they take up? Twelve. I wonder, knowing Judas Iscariot being stingy and greedy, if he didn't take every one of those baskets and make sure they got on the boat with them. We ain't leaving them here. We putting the baskets on the boat with us. How many of y'all think, well, preacher, that makes good sense. They ain't leave them baskets just sitting there in the mold. They put them on the boat. And now they're in a storm. And the baskets are on the boat. And when the winds and the waves toss them this way, all the baskets go this way. To say, hey, He's an all-sufficient Savior. Remember what he did. When y'all didn't have nothing, he fed 20,000 people with just a few loaves and a few fishes. Why doubt him now? But their heart was hardened. 
So the wind and the wave goes the other way. And the baskets slide over and say, hey, he's the all-sufficient Savior. He can do everything. And every time that wind and the waves tossed that ship, those baskets were a-sliding, a-sloshing around all over the place. Man, they're driving. The ble- Listen, the blessings of God are sloshing and sliding all around you right now. You think, man, we're going down. I don't know what's going to happen. And the blessings of God are, I'm telling you, he's been so good to you, amen. I don't know why we sit here as quiet as we do. He's blessed us with salvation. He's given us so much goodness and so many blessings. It is impossible to thank him. We'll be thanking him for forever and forever. And the blessings are sloshing side to side in the middle of your storm. And your heart's hardened to his ability. Your heart's hardened to his miracle working power. You think, well, he can take care of the 20,000. But I don't think he'll take care of me. Hey, man, preacher Dan, you tell it right. If we're not careful, we'll consider not the miracle of the loaves. Listen, while they think that storm is going to sink them, the baskets are side to side to side to side. That's amazing, amen. They are missing the moment. They're missing the lesson that Jesus is teaching them. They allowed the intensity of the current situation to create doubt and fear rather than praising God through the storm for what he had just done. He is Lord over all. My Bible says in the book of John, we won't turn there, chapter 6, after he got on the boat with them and the wind ceased and the waves calmed down, that immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. John 6, if you want to look, I hear pages turning. I love that Bible study. John 6, 21. Let's look at it. Make sure that I got it right, amen. Look at what a miracle this was. Now, they had been out in the middle of this situation of the lake. John 6, 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship. How many of y'all have willingly received him into the ship? And immediately the ship was at land whither they went. You know what he said? Hey, boys, get in the boat. Go to the other side. I'll meet you. He made them all right. Walking on the waves, amen, and got on board the boat. And the next thing you know, they were on the other side of the shore, just like Jesus said. Thomas said, we'll never make it. But honey, Jesus makes sure you're going to make it, amen. There was a family, God help them, got in a terrible storm, shipwreck, mom and daddy perished, sister perished the little boy was the only one who survived colossal waves cast him upon top of a rock and he sat there all night long the next morning people were looking for the vessel for anybody that might be able to be rescued or had survived the situation and they saw that little boy and they brought him and put him on board the boat, took him back to the shore and asked him, they said son Did you tremble while you were on that rock during the night? He said, yes, I trembled all night. 
but the rock didn't. You're in a storm. You're troubled. He's walking your direction right now. It looks as if he's going to pass you by. Why don't you just call out to him right now? May I make just a few observations? You need to recognize and realize some truths from this text. Verse 45, you need to know this storm, he placed me there. That'll help you to know he placed you there. It's not anything you did or didn't do. He chose to place you in that position. In verses 46 through 48, he sees me here in this storm. His eyes on you tonight. He knows what you suffer. He knows what you endure. He knows what you encounter. He's testing you to strengthen you. And you must depend on him. Verse 48, he will come for me. <laughs> He's not going to leave me in the storm to fend for myself. He will come to me. Verse 49 and verse 50, he will reveal himself to me. Preacher, has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, it has. Preacher, I mean, you saw. No. I'm telling you, in my darkest hour, and I, I've had some tough, three situations that stood, as, that stood out as I studied. Dark, dark hours. And I'm telling you, every time he came walking, he said, I'll be with you in the water. He came walking in the water, and every time, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Every time. Son, I've gone to preach in Bryson City, North Carolina. And I preached my heart out. And I'm telling you, it was filled with resistance on Sunday and Monday night. It was, I was so downtrodden and defeated. God was all over me. But nothing was happening in the services. And I couldn't understand. I sat down on the deck. There was no phone in the house. There was no TV in the house. I had no cell phone up in Bryson City where I stayed. I just sat down on the back porch. God, why? I know my last night's Wednesday. I've got two more nights, Lord. Please show up. It must be something. And I prayed and prayed and begged God, something I'm doing, something I'm missing. Lord, I'm off. Something's... And about that time, a little sparrow flew down with a worm in its mouth and landed on the deck railing and it dropped that worm and went <whistles> and I think he was asking his blessing over the provision of the worm God gave him for breakfast preacher you crazy I'm just telling you I've never seen a sparrow with a sign around its neck said I'll chirp for food God just takes care of them and he gives God praise and about that time, a blackbird, an old crow, big old mean ugly thing, seen that worm laying there, 
and swooped down out of nowhere and suddenly, unexpectedly, took that worm away. I thought, bless God, little sparrow. You ought to go get your mom and your daddy and put a lawsuit on them. You worked so hard to get that worm, and it's got away. And I watched that little bird. He never, I jumped. I was ready to go to his defense. I was ready to get a shotgun to shoot the bird. But I'm telling you, that little sparrow, you know what he did? He just remained calm. You know what I heard him saying? Be of good cheer. Chirp, 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 chirp. Cheer, 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 cheer. That's what I heard. Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. And the Lord said, he, and God had me look up every time the word cheer up is in the Bible. And he gave me a message. And God saved 15. Amen. Amen. I just want to say to you tonight, amen, he will reveal himself to you in the middle of your problems. And last of all, verse 51 says to us, he will see us through. Aren't you glad tonight that when you've been surrounded by a storm, you have a Savior that's there to save you and deliver you? I hope there's been something said, something read that might be encouraging to you. Maybe tonight the Holy Ghost spoke to you. You stand to your feet tonight. It might be somebody you need to get on your face. Seth, you don't even need to come. But it might be somebody tonight you might want to get on your face tonight and say, Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I've been in a storm and I'm in one now, but Lord, I want to praise you and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for always being there. I want to get on my face tonight and thank you, Lord. I don't want my heart to be hardened and not recognize the miracles and the provisions and the supplies you've granted to my life. Folks are coming round about. Praise the Lord. Our Father and our God, we bend the knee before you tonight, Lord. Here we are on this night shift as we're working, God, in this place. God, you've appointed this moment and this time for this night shift experience, the storm and the fear and the trouble. It's very real. The anxiety, oh, Lord, the pills aren't even helping. God, tonight I pray that God, for this one that's in such struggle, God, that Jesus would come to them through the word of God, walking through the pages, walking through the boisterous ways and over the toilsome winds. And God, you might speak peace, peace that passeth all understanding. Paul wrote to us from a Philippian jail. And God, he talked about peace, having a death sentence hanging over his head, the peace of God. Oh, God, tonight I pray. You would help us, Lord, to know that you are seeing us, you'll be with us, and you'll see us through. Thank you for that truth tonight, God. Thank you for that reminder tonight, God, from the Word. Lord, may your hand be upon your people. And with this I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen.